In this episode of Man vs. Marriage, it's kind of like a therapy, but locator. Where are we and what's going on in the Moran household? Studio with my lovely wife, Jeannie Moran. Honey, what's up? Hi, baby. Hello, love. Um, today, I want to talk about where we are. I feel like we're at a pivotal point. Fort Worth, Texas. We are in Fort Worth, Texas. <laughs> Wasn't necessarily going to divulge that, but now you know. Um, but I want to talk about where we are in our relationship, where we are in this journey for us to uh, take the step forward that we're looking to take. And that sounds kind of cryptic, but we'll get into it. Before I do that, make sure you use the email, Quincy at MVSMpodcast.com. If you have sent an email and you've not gotten a response, it's probably because you're spelling something wrong, I would imagine. So it's Q-U-I-N-C-Y at MVSMpodcast.com podcast.com that's like man versus marriage podcast.com that is the email mvsm podcast so jump on in on that and then if there are topics that you would like for us to cover there's a lot of marriage therapy a lot of marriage help being downloaded right now Um, I don't know in the last month well over a thousand so that tells me that you've got some stuff on your mind, some stuff in your heart, some stuff you want to know. We also have a couple of shows coming up, uh, more listener shows. One about fatherhood from one of our longtime listeners. You know who you are. What's up, bro? Roll Tide. And then another one from a new listener. It's been going through, has just gone through a breakup. And uh, solid dude. Solid dude. And uh, we want to use his story to help y'all out there. And uh, I think it's important we do that. Um, Things don't always end up the way you want them to, but you got to control what you can control. Focus on the things you can affect. That way you can make positive change uh, in your life towards the man you're becoming. And that's, that's where it's at. So in this particular episode, Jeannie and I have found ourselves, um, I don't, is it like a, would you say it's a turning point? What is it? It's a, a jumping off point, a a fork in the road. Sure. Okay. Yeah. We'll call it all of that. It's kind of a, one of the things that, you know, I'm a man of faith, so I've talked about this on the podcast before, but one of the things for me is I felt like the move to Texas was going to be the catalyst into the next phase of our life. And I don't know exactly what that means. But I do know the more that um, I go out and, you know, speak to people, teach people, mentor people, the longer I do this podcast, uh, the more you and I get deeper and deeper into our relationship, it lets me know that I'm definitely on the right path. So I need to finish my book, our book, really, um, and then get prepared to get out there and speak face to face. Like, get down in the trenches with our people. Um, 
Now, if you live, many of you live, you know, outside of the, the U.S., so I can't promise how soon that's going to happen. Um, but if you want us there, let us know. In the meantime, there's something that seems to be holding me back, seems by, to be holding Jeannie back, and we are elbowing ourselves in, and we're just trying to dig in and figure out what is it, what can't we get past why do we repeat some of these same cycles? So I'll have Jeannie talk about, you know, what her experience is here real quick, just so I don't continue to ramble on. But you may take a step back and just consider, you know, if you haven't asked the question already, well, how's my wife doing? How is she as a woman? How is she as um, a wife? How is she as a mother? How is she doing in all those areas? And is she making progress forward on what she wants to do because this it's really hard if the if the relationship improvement is one side now maybe maybe you are the side that needs to shape up and st- begin to pull your weight and, and put the all your heart and your effort into your relationship only you know that you take a step back you know where you get lazy you know where you justify things you know where you make excuses on the inside about why you can and can't do a b and c so if you're there, then you need to get straightened out. And we're not perfect by any means. <laughs> we're not. And thank God for you, we're not, because we continue to create content that will help support your relationship as it develops. But I need to just talk a little bit about where you've been over the last, what do you want to say, one year, six months? Talk to me about where you're at. Um, Probably since the move, I would say. it. It was a big deal. I mean, I spent, what, 43 years of my life in one place, pretty much. I think I it was right near 44, because we got here a day before your birthday. So it's and okay to say 44 years. Well, I was born in L.A., so. It was all California, though. Anyway, well, yeah. yeah. But anyway, it was it was kind of weird. Um, I mean, everything was good. Everything's been good. We've had a few craters, speed bumps. What do, I don't know how to describe exactly. We've what's had a been few Moabs. Um, not all of it bad. Not not all of it great, but um, I don't know. I just I kind of lost myself somewhere in the middle of everything, and and I'm still trying to trudge through that and figure out why. <laughs> You know, it's, it's not even, it's not any one thing. It was just a, a multitude of things that happened on top of each other. And I, I had great momentum. I had great plans. I had good goals. And then life happened and basically flipped me the finger and told me, no, we ain't, we ain't doing that yet. And so now I'm just kind of trying to figure out why was it really life that gave me the finger or was it me um you know why am i letting circumstances that are going on around us keep me from doing the things that i know i need to do and um i don't know now i'm I'm trying to discover what i want what it looks like and what that path is so i can move forward And how's that working for you? Slow. It is slow. 
I, I think for me, it's, it's difficult to focus on myself. I don't like talking about myself. I don't like talking about things that I'm doing. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty evident because, you know, typically if we're talking on the podcast, you are, you're flowing, but here you are talking about yourself and you're like, eh. Oh yeah, because I'm, it, well, talking about our past and what we've been through is a lot easier because we've already done it. So I've, I've already been through that. I already know what that looks like. Um, I don't know. I, I struggle with it. I mean, even talking to you about my book, if, if people ask me, what's it about? I struggle to tell you what it's about. I don't know why that is. I mean, I know what it's about. I, I know what I'm doing. I know what my plan is. But talking about it is difficult. Um, there's a part of me that just doesn't want to tell people anything because if I screw it up, you'll never know. <laughs> if I don't tell you what I'm doing, then you don't get to hold me accountable. And if I completely blow it, the only one who knows is me. But um, I don't know. I'm tired of being stuck. I'm tired of trying to navigate through stuff that really I don't think I should have to. You know, some of the situations that we've gone through since we've, excuse me, since we've been here, yeah, they piss me off and I'm not happy with the outcome, but there's a part of me that's kind of like, I don't need to figure this out. I don't even really need to care about it. I want to, and, and maybe I should to some degree, but there's another side of me that's just kind of like, I can put that on the outskirts and I'm fine. But I don't know if that's the right approach. How do you how do you think, just asking a question here, how do you think your like internal struggle um affects our relationship or and even your let's say our relationship and then your relationship with the kids? Um, with the kids it's actually different right now. It's it's actually a lot better than what it was. But I think that's because moving here was kind of like when we lived in the hotel. We didn't have anything else. So we all kind of just clung to each other. Um, you know, Hunter and Kiki aside, because that's not something I can totally explain. Um, the rest of them, it, it, it goes one of two ways. Either we're closer and we're talking more and we're doing more and we're um, realization of life moving forward and what's coming in the next three to five years for them, they're kind of gravitating more to spending more time, having better conversations. Um, I mean, dinners around the table are more often now. Mm -hmm. Things like that that we didn't, we were struggling to kind of get in our groove with that when we got here. Those things are kind of falling into place. And I think buying the house and having a place that's finally ours to settle made a huge difference in that Yeah, because they all have their own space now. They can do what they want with that space. It's no longer, you know, try not to damage someone else's stuff. Um, with some of them, they're on the, the cusp of wanting to be their own person and still needing mom. But they don't want to listen to what mom has to say. So I don't know about that side of it. That that side of it, I'm still calling my mother at least once a week and apologizing for being such an asshole when I was a teenager. So, well, I mean, <laughs> and, and I get that. And, it, and, it's, and it's not it's, even that they're being a-holes about it. It's just now I know how my mom felt, so it makes me feel like 
I could have been nicer about things or I, I could have been more respectful in how I made my decisions or how I made it apparent that I made my decision, you know, rather than just, you know, F you, I'm going to do my own thing. I know, but you know, that's just, in my opinion, there's like anybody, there's only, you know, so much you can do when you're young and you can listen to all the cliches and quotes you want to, but has, has, has been my philosophy for quite some time, you know, with helping people, um, that want help, but don't want to change. Mm-hmm. Um, experience is the best teacher there is, you know, you know, I look up to coach Nick Saban, obviously for what he's done throughout his career. Also what he's done in Alabama, but he said, you know, good people learn from their mistakes. Great people learn from other people's mistakes. <laughs> and that's yeah. what will that's what will separate you. You can't always learn from other people's mistakes. There are some things you just have to go out and screw up until you figure things out. And that happens to us when we're young. The concern and what I'm really talking about is when you repeat the same cycle, it's like the same cycle over and over again. And you tend to get frustrated. I'm saying you as in general, not you as in genie. You get frustrated. It's like, why do I keep repeating the same cycle? I'm extremely fortunate that on many things I've been able to get past that. Like internally, personally. There are still things in our relationship we struggle. It seems like that, you know, there's just a reoccurring cycle that we have to pin down because we're not as intentional about it as we should be. I think that for us though is, um, well, there's a couple of things. A, I'm still trying to get back on track with my health and my recovery and whatnot. And that plays a huge part for me, both mentally and emotionally, which affects our intimate life. It affects my attitude towards things. It affects my desire to go do things. Um, and then on the flip side, we have, you know, financial strain, which is, it's not that we're bad off. It's that this is new and we've been adjusting. I mean, we're still not even at our one year mark. So technically we still have a whole month and a half roughly till we meet our one year and then we have to have our come to Jesus moment and say, okay, this is what the year looked like. What the hell do we do now? That should be a fun episode. Um, Yeah. But we're, we're navigating so much new. And I think both of us are kind of reverting back to things that we know and what is familiar behaviors and patterns that are familiar we're noticing it, we're catching it, we're trying to make the adjustment. We just haven't fully switched gears yet. And I think that's part of it is, at least for me, it's like, well, we said one year. We said we would give it one year. We would do the come to Jesus moment and say, okay, this stays, this goes. This is what we're aspiring to do. This is what we want for the kids. You know, th- this is where we're at. Um, I think that's kind of what spurred me into what we're doing now 
and wanting to figure things out because I, I keep setting dates for myself and I haven't met any one of them yet since we've moved. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm just kind of at the place of, okay, when we get to that one year mark and we have the oh shit moment, I want to be able to put my foot on the gas. I don't know what that looks like. I need to know what it looks like so I have some kind of map to tell me where I'm going and, you know, the the fork in the road, as you call it, I, I need to know which way I'm going. I don't want to get to the end of the fork and just sit and wait. Yeah, I understand that. And that's kind of going back to my question, just, you know, so we can dig on it. How How does that... Would you call would you call that a frustration, a disappointment, a letdown? What do you what do you call that that you can't that you've been struggling to get on track with where you want to be? Um, it's a frustration and a disappointment combined. I guess I'm not frustrated with anybody but myself because I know who's in control of it. I know I know who's in control and who's in charge. And, um, what I don't know is why I'm hung up. That, that's the part that frustrates me because I have a pretty good idea, but it's one of those things where you go, okay, I, I know this is where I'm at and I know I'm making this my own issue. I mean, I'm, I'm creating this myself, but what did I do to create it and how the hell do I get out of it? Mm Mm-hmm because everything's so familiar it's it's really easy to slide back and it's really difficult for me to put myself first really really difficult for me to put myself first which is funny to me because I always think I've got these like selfish tendencies but yet I'm not putting myself first where it matters you know well I think the weird thing is and I'm no PhD um, but the longer you go on not putting yourself first. You can find reasons to justify why you can't move forward. Well, the pattern there is pretty simple. When I do put myself first, there are several other people that I am responsible for. And they're not making the moves they need to make to take some things off my plate. Or they're in the process of making those moves so, you know, when, when I did the doctor visit and it was like everything that I was going through, I thought for sure he was going to come back and tell me, you know, it's my age and hormone imbalance and all these other things that I was expecting. And he was like, no, honey, you just need sleep. You just need eight solid hours of sleep a day. Okay. And I need to be exercising. Okay, cool. I could, those two things I could do. And I managed it for a short while. But how many hours, if we really look at my day, how many hours in a day am I driving, taking people to and from? How many hours of the day am I doing things for other people at the home or taking care of people? And where do I fit all these other hundreds of things that I need to be doing for myself or that I want to be doing for myself? I haven't managed that yet. I mean, you don't have to do all 100. You can start somewhere. And you could start somewhere and be faithful to that one somewhere and do right by yourself, like as an investment in you. 
I am. I'm sleeping. Okay. I chose sleep. Okay. (laughs) Well, there's a place to start. And so the longer you prioritize that and you keep that commitment to yourself, the more you build some credibility within you that you can make the next move. And what does the next move look like? For you and I and for everybody around the world, rarely is anything going to be perfect and play out exactly how you feel like it should. Now, if you are single, work remotely, have a very controlled environment, set your schedule based on you know everything like clockwork, have no animals, have no family, have no friends, you have a better chance of not your life not getting interrupted. But the fact is, is that we all get interrupted. It's how you respond after you've been tripped up that dictates how you move forward and if you repeat the cycle or if you don't. Like back in the day when I was dieting, and I would say, have a weak moment and screw up, and it's Wednesday. It's like, well, it's Wednesday and I screwed up. I tell you what, Monday, I'm getting right back on this thing. I'm going to hunker down. Until then, I'm just going to do whatever. Rather, what would have been the better idea is to say, it's Wednesday and I screwed up. I'm starting again today, now, Wednesday. Because the only thing I can truly control is the next decision. And I've been I've been working really hard, and although we're married, our obstacles aren't the same because my obstacles come from challenges outside of the home. Your obstacles come from here within the home, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, just being responsible for two disabled adults as well as the rest of the kids. So... In my opinion, you know, it's like I'm, I'm on this journey along with you. And I, there are some cycles that I'm repeating that I'm just sick and tired of. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of it. And I've gained a lot of ground in many of my area, in many areas of my life. Um, but I, I have to take a step back and say, am I being uh, intentional enough in all of these areas? Because there are plenty of areas where I'm just really challenged and I cannot seem to win. I can't seem to get through it. Now, I haven't taken a step back to say, am I getting a little better or am I just failing and regressing? Because if you're not improving, you will be regressing. You you want to remain sharp so that you can get on the road to achieve these things. I wonder if, like me sometimes, does your disappointment in yourself affect your other relationships like are do do you tend to carry that disappointment and i'm not going to say take it out on other people but just operate from that place i don't think i operate out of that place but i think it does hold me back it 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 causes me to hold myself back from others that that i would say is a is just a true statement Mm mm-hmm and I asked you yesterday the question in the in the car as we were driving back. You know, what do you think is what do you think is like 
holding me back or what do you think is getting in the way of me progressing um, forward in what I should be doing so that we can broaden this platform so that we can achieve some of these goals that we have set out. And I think you articulated it perfectly. And a lot of times it's, it, it can be easier to look at other people. This is not for me to say, no, I know. look at I your know. own, but it's, it's sometimes easier to look at where other people are challenged. It's not always easy to look inside and say, okay, well, what's holding me back? And I think you're on the path to getting there and to understanding you know, where you're at. And we, well, like we were talking about, um, so just, just in full transparency, you're doing, um, and I'm kind of coming alongside you and you're doing this, the art of living with Matthew McConaughey mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, his, he was on Ed Milet's show. If you haven't seen the episode, I think it's fantastic. Uh, and I recommend go find it on YouTube and watch these guys, listen to these guys, or listen to it on the podcast. You cannot go wrong with listening to Ed Milet's podcast, period. So Jeannie, um, you know, like every other woman in America, loves Matthew McConaughey. Um, so she decided to do this event. He had an event scheduled in, in April. I didn't do it because it was Matthew McConaughey. I did it because it goes along with the green lights, and I like the book. Yeah, I know. I got gotcha. you. He's um He's a stud though. Come on. He is, but in this particular platform, it's not what you expect. He's just a normal person for the most part. I mean, you can see some things where you can see the actor, but um I don't know. I just like the way that he, I like his approach. I like the the for lack of a better word, simpleton mentality versus, you know, all the psych content that you get with some people or the overly wordy yeah <laughs> you know um i love tony robbins because he's straightforward but i could not listen to him every single day i would get pissed off at some point i'm sure not that it's a bad thing it'd probably motivate me but it would piss me off no doubt well i think he i think mcconaughey just communicates it in a way where he's not a scholar so it's he, lame. Well, oh, but he is. Oh, but he is. But it's layman's turn is basically how he. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think he's I don't think he's a scholar in the sense where he's like Harvard educated in psychiatric, etc. You need to go back and read his story. <laughs> you can just tell me. I mean, I, we're right here. He's actually he was uh went to Texas, University of Texas, and he's uh he could actually finish school and become a lawyer. He's a pretty smart dude. Okay, that well, that but, confirms my point. He did not go to an Ivy League school. No, he didn't go so. to... No, he went to Texas. He didn't go to an Ivy League school. Okay, well, that's the point. That the, I made. Yes and no. I just... I, I think he's more of a student of life, but I like the the analogies that he uses. They're a little easier, I think, for me to adapt. Yeah, I agree. He gives you He gives you the real... Like, the real life straightforward approach and he doesn't try to articulate it as if he were an ivy league scholar he gives you it's like straightforward i mean he's okay if you're comparing him like say to jordan okay you're right he's nowhere near it doesn't <laughs> no mean it doesn't mean he's any less impactful no i'm um, no. but i'm but, just saying he doesn't he doesn't try to he doesn't try to wow you with 
his 15 his degrees. grammar economics he <laughs> really just gives you straightforward wisdom and the book green lights i started it and i'm i love it and it and it hasn't it didn't take long for my jaw to go and just drop and go <laughs> oh my lord this know, guy the, listen to what the, this guy's been through outlaw mentality yep that's the very first chapter i was like okay you've been through more than i have just in the first like 10 pages of this book so i'm curious to see how you got past that because well the one crap. question that the the first question as you go through this thing um is like what do you want more of and i'm stumped because a lot of the time my focus is what do i want to improve or what do i want less of what do i want to change and to take that approach is like oh my gosh you have you've flipped my head what do I want more of? So I started, I have to go back and look at it. Apparently I categorized everything, but I just started writing, writing things down. You did. Your brain just works that way. And, um, but I'm like, really, I'm going to do it again and again and again until I figure out exactly what I want more of and not, you know, like, like he says, everybody's first answer is going to be more money. Okay. Well, why do you want that? But it's, there's something deeper than money. Something very, very much deeper than money. So getting like getting into that, you know, I had a couple of situations that came about that really, really set me free. What do I want more of? And then Jeannie and I were talking, and I don't know how much I can share about, you know, what you want more of. I know our first conversation had to do with, with trust, you know, with your... Uh, yeah, you blew that one out of the water. I'd like to talk a little bit about that before we <sighs> kind of before we kind of close out, um, because it was a lesson. It was a lesson for me, and there's lessons like this is not something I knew. This is something that was like revealed to me as we went through our conversation. And I mean, I've talked a lot on this thing podcast, so honey, let's hear some more of your voice. It was it was about trust, and what do you want to trust? Myself. That that's that's a whole you, boom. You give it to me just like that. No, no. You just asked me the question. I gave you the answer. What do I want to trust more? Myself. Okay. So we were talking, and and she's like, and and they have this great deal where it's like, okay, get you're gonna get down to the bottom of. You text somebody and say we're recording, and then they just keep on rapid fire texting you. So I don't understand that. Anyway, anyway, let's get back to the podcast. Um, it's like, what do you want more of? And we're trying to walk, you know, kind of talk through this as we're driving and lo and behold, it's on the way back from Oklahoma again. So it's like, Oh, how easy do we step after what the WTH did you just say to me? Yeah. It's on the way back from Oklahoma. Do explosive conversations happen anyway? You know, we're, we're talking about this and it's like, honey, what do you want more of? She wants, she says, I want to, I want to trust myself more. And it's like, well, you know, not, not in a psychoanalysis way, but why, why don't you trust yourself? And she's like, cause I don't follow through. And the more she was talking about it, the more I came to understand, and this may be true for you, it feels like it's true for me. Um, if you find yourself not following through and repeating the same cycles, it's not a lack of trust in yourself because you actually do trust yourself. 
you trust yourself to fail and you're all in on it because it's what you continually do. So the fact is, is you can't go back and change all the years that you haven't lived up to what your expectations are. You can't go back and change the years for all the times you didn't follow through. The only thing you have the opportunity to make good on is right now. You can't even get overwhelmed by all the choices you have to make in the future. Because Josh and I, we're doing, you know, Moran Brothers and, and trying to doing our best to lose weight and get healthy, not just in your body, but in your mind. It came down to the point like where we had both backslid and put some weight on. And so we were trying to like reignite our passion to go forward and get healthy. And I started to get overwhelmed by all the decisions that I'd have to make that ultimately get me to where I need to go. And I had to pump the brakes there and say, look, minimize it to its most simple degree. It's just the next decision that I need to make. It's just the next choice that I need to make. It's not a, it's not the entirety of those. You can only do it one day at a time, one decision at a time. And so if I can build trust within myself to, t to make the next right decision, and it goes along with what Jeff and Candace, you know, do the next right thing. If I can do that, the more I make decisions and the less I make excuses to myself, the more I start to build my internal credibility and I start to become somebody I can count on. And I, and I become somebody that I can trust for the right reasons. You become somebody you can trust for the right reasons. Because we have those people in our family. It's like, oh, it's so-and-so. Well, they're going to screw up. Or, oh, he'll never do that. Or she'll never make it. Why? Because it's their pattern. And it's what you've come to expect. You are doing that on the inside. Matter of fact, we all are. We all are. So if you understand that you actually trust yourself to a high degree, you're just trusting yourself to fail and not follow through. And as you start to turn that to say, no, I am somebody I can count on. I am somebody that can make good decisions. And then slowly you start to make just the next decision. Just make the next right decision. Before you know it, it's like your health. I mean, it. here we are. We're just a year, like a month away, a month and a half away from being in this new place a year. It seems like longer, but it feels like it went by extremely fast. Mm -hmm. So there's something to be said about consistency, making small choices, consistency, and just baby stepping your way to it. And that's kind of the principle of a baby step. It's shaky. It's awkward. You might fall. But the more babies step, what happens? The more they learn how to walk, the more they trust themselves. They don't only, only walk. Now they start running. They start jumping. And those are the things that you need to do to like recalibrate, reallocate, or whatever word you want to use, but to take the energy of hey, I've trusted myself for this, for this long. I'm going to shift it, and I'm going to trust myself in a different manner. And it's completely and totally possible. How do I know that? Because I've done it. 
that that's just it. Now, now in the beginning, you might overdo it because when I start things, I tend to overdo it. Example, when I was getting healthy, I was doing keto. I was so dogmatic that, you know, my six or seven year old daughter brings home a brownie that she made at school and she is extremely proud of it. And she tells me, daddy, I want you to try this brownie. And I'm like, I'm on an eating plan. I can't do it. And it's like, okay, so now you've taken it too far, cute dog. Uh, need to recalibrate it. You know, my wife brings to my attention. One of the things I love to do was cook for you. And now that's basically all gone. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you need to recalibrate there, cute dog. It's, you've gone too dogmatic. You might need to start that way. But as you get into it and you trust yourself, what does that look like now? Four times a year, maybe five, I have planned cheat days. And I go all in. I go to the deep end of the pool and I jump in head first. Why? Because I know when the last day comes of that two or three days that like clockwork, I trust myself to get back on what my plan is. So... It gives my wife an opportunity during the holidays now to cook. If she has a, if she's making her famous cookies, I'm going to try one. Try one. Really? Well, when it's a cheat day, you're not going to try one. You're going to come in and have a bag for yourself. But even so, (laughs) if it's in the middle of something, I'm going to try it because I, I've realized now that I've built up the ability to trust myself and I trusted myself before, before I trusted myself to fail. So put the energy into the next decision and just make it when you begin to justify things within you, or you make excuses on why you, why you're not, or I'll just do it later. I'm doing 80 push ups a day right now. The last three days I've told my, I, it's come up in my mind to say, Dude, you had a long day. You had a long day. Just add the push-ups to Sunday, which is your day off of push-ups. And I'll tell myself that all the way to the point where I get down and I do 40 push-ups in a row. So it's like, yeah, I should probably wait. Get down and do some push-ups. Well, guess what? Now I'm doing my push-ups. And so while my mind thinks that I'm justifying why I'm not going to do it, I put my body to action. And vice and versa. And that's that's what it takes. Start small. And then you can succeed. And then you need consistency. If you fall, fall forward. But I'll tell you this in kind of closing out this particular episode. There are times where my disappointment in myself spills over into how I treat my family. How I treat my friends. Um... Maybe even how I treat my coworkers, and I'm not proud of it. And it's something that I need to assess. Um, you know, as as simple terms, anybody like anybody could understand that has a job. Sometimes I bring my work home with me. It's not fair to my family. Now, my wife is my best friend, and sometimes we need to talk about work. But I need to do a better job when I don't when I don't succeed, or when I lose. 
I need to do a better job of managing. And this is coming to me now. And I may have said this in, in, in the past, but I don't care. I'm going to say it again now. Understanding that that job and that career really doesn't define me as a man. Um, it doesn't, whether I, whether I win big or whether I lose big, which I've lost big in the last couple of weeks, very big, disappointingly. That doesn't define me and my purpose on this earth. It's a part of what I'm doing. Going out and having and being blessed enough to positively impact people's lives on behalf of the company I work for, I count as a tremendous blessing. And I'm in this for the people, for the people's lives that I can affect, that I can build up, for the lives that I can affect and I can change. And I'm extremely blessed to do that. And I took this year and saying, hey, I want to be measured. But understanding that that doesn't define me and make me a failure um, is a big deal for me. Because ultimately, when it's all said and done, if it's based on the effort I'm putting in, there's no way I can't win. There's no way I can't win. It's a work ethic thing for me. So I need to understand that part. And then finally... I believe I've found the thing that's been holding me back from really moving forward to go out and to speak and to speak to crowds of men, men and women, um, about life and relationship and developing yourself. And my major hang-up was this, and I'm gonna, I'll share it with you guys on this podcast because you honor us by listening to us week in and week out. And for the longest time, I didn't feel like I had, I couldn't give myself permission to go out and talk uh, at an event like, you know, outside of work because I wasn't a millionaire. I'm not a millionaire. And I figured who would want, who would want to listen to me because I'm not wealthy? And I kind of came to the conclusion through the process of meditating and praying and just thinking really deeply about this, that my, my credibility, what, what I used as credibility, um, for my ability to go out and speak, I need to write down the phrase that I used and just make sure that it's like cemented, but I needed to recalibrate, recalibrate my credibility and for, for what I thought gave me the authenticity to go out and talk because to me it was the money number. When in fact, the money is irrelevant. I came to understand before I got, you know, this wonderful word from my cousin, I came to understand that if I can make these changes, if I can be intentional as a, as a husband, as a father, as a man, and I can make these changes without all the wealth without all the riches, without all the fame. In my opinion, it means more there. Because there are more of us who are not famous in this world. And if people feel like you have to be famous and wealthy to change, then the message is going to fall on deaf ears because we can't all be that. We all have a part to play in this life. We all have an important purpose in this life. And the fact is, is that I want to be able to go out and tell people that no matter where you are in life, like socially, economically, anything, 
The power to change is within you. But I continually disqualified myself because of the wealth factor. And I was talking to my cousin, um, Shane and Michelle, about this, you know, on a call. And she called back and she left me a message. And she was like, I was just thinking about you and disqualifying yourself because of, because of your pocketbook. That's like an old school word, ain't it? She said, Quincy, where would Jesus have been if his credibility lied in his pocketbook? It still rocked me to today. And whether you're a Christian or not, there's no question about the effect that Jesus Christ has had on this earth for thousands of years. And he was just about as poor as it gets. His credibility did not rely on his pocketbook, but his credibility relied on who he was and who sent him. And he and I both have the same sender. So that really, to like overuse the word or to maybe use the word out of context, it liberated me to say, you know what? I'm done letting this I'm not wealthy thing hold me back. Because it does not determine my credibility. It's it's the experiences that we have been through. It's the hell and the fire that we have walked through on so many different levels. And then it's taking Ed's words, Jim Rohn's words, and saying life isn't happening to you. Life is happening for you. And I look back at what we've been through, and I'm like, thank God we made it through these things. Because there are tens of thousands of people around the world, literally around the world, that are getting help because we were willing to say yes and move forward. We were willing to choose our relationship and be intentional about it. So all these things that we've been through throughout the last 23 years, they're not just for us and for us to celebrate, but it's for those of us everywhere that are willing to listen and willing to believe and willing to say, yes, I can be better. I will take advantage of this life that to me is a gift, and I will positively impact the people around me, and I will recalibrate who the most important people are in my life, and I will live my life according to that standard, and I'll be intentional, and when I screw up, I'll admit it, and I'll ever endeavor to sharpen myself so that I can continue to progress forward, and then my life will impact those around me. And that's what I look at, and I go, dude, I waited long enough. I had the wrong idea about what credibility is. I mean, would I give up on my marriage if I didn't have money, if I wasn't wealthy? Of course not. I'm not wealthy, and I'm not Mm. willing to give up on this. It's not dependent upon money. So that's kind of where where we are, and I felt, you know, in in the time when we were deciding to move, we we left a lot of income behind in California, more than if you knew how much, you might think we were stupid. But we made the move because in my heart, in mine and Jeannie's heart, we felt like this was the move for us. This was the next phase of our life, and I felt like God telling me that this was going to be the catalyst for that next phase of our life. And so I'm going to trust in that 
and the and the farther this goes, we're not to one year yet. We do have to sit and have that discussion once the one year comes about. Well, then it's time where it's like the excuses are gone. And I think we're coming up to that point where it's like, okay, there's a there are a lot of people out there that need to hear your message. Not for the money, but for their life, for their relationship, to remember that they have a purpose, to remember that they matter, to remember that just because things are hard doesn't mean it it's time to give up. Those are important things. The more you see these crazy things happening around the world, which things have always been crazy around the world, now we can just see them. But it's extremely important to remember that you, listener, right there, you have a purpose. You were created for a reason. No matter what that reason is, it is not too big or not too small. But this is the journey that we're on to show you that in spite of your challenges in life, it is possible to achieve those things. And not all of us are going to do it in Hollywood. Not all of us are going to do it in Nashville. But doing it inside of your family and living this life to its fullest every single day so that when you pass on, you matter to those you leave behind. That's your true legacy is your family. Those are the people who matter, your family, your friends. And whomever you may come in contact with, just making a positive impact. I don't want you to forget that. And I'm going to do my best to share more and more of that with you as we go along. And that's this episode. (laughs) Anything else, honey? No. All right. You bunch of studs. She's Jeannie Moran. I'm Quincy Moran, a.k.a. the Q-Dog. And this is Man vs. Marriage, the podcast.